Section 13 of The Living Animals of the World, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Cantoni. The Living Animals of the World, Volume 1, Mammals, by Charles Lewis Cornish, Editor. The Common Wildcat. The wildcat was once fairly common all over England. A curious story, obviously exaggerated, shows that traditions of its ferocity were common at a very early date. The tale is told of the church of Barnborough, in Yorkshire, between Doncaster and Barnsley. It is said that a man and a wildcat met in a wood near and began to fight that the cat drove the man out of the wood as far as the church, where he took refuge in the porch, and that both the man and cat were so injured that they died. According to Dr. Pierce, the event was formerly commemorated by a rude painting in the church. Mr. Charles Sinjin had an experience with a Scotch wildcat very like that which General Douglas Hamilton tells of the jungle cat. He heard many stories of their attacking and wounding men when trapped or when their escape was cut off, and before long found out that these were true. I was fishing in a river in Sutherland, he wrote, and in passing from one pool to another had to climb over some rocky ground. In doing so, I sank almost up to my knees in some rotten heather and moss, almost upon a wild cat which was concealed under it. I was quite as much startled as the cat itself could be when I saw the wild-looking beast rush so unexpectedly from between my feet, with every hair on her body on end, making her look twice as large as she really was. I had three small sky terriers with me, which immediately gave chase, and pursued her till she took refuge in a corner of the rocks, where, perched in a kind of recess out of reach of her enemies, she stood with her hair bristled out, spitting and growling like a common cat. Having no weapon with me, I laid down my rod, cut a good-sized stick, and proceeded to dislodge her. As soon as I was within six or seven feet of the place, she sprang straight at my face over the dog's heads. Had I not struck her in mid-air as she leaped at me, I should probably have received a severe wound. As it was, she fell with her back half-broken among the dogs, who, with my assistance, dispatched her. I never saw an animal fight so desperately, or one which was so difficult to kill. If a tame cat has nine lives, a wild cat must have a dozen. Sometimes one of these animals will take up its residence at no great distance from a house, and, entering the hen-roosts and outbuildings, will carry off fowls in the most audacious manner, or even lambs. Like other vermin, the wildcat haunts the shores of lakes and rivers, and it is therefore easy to know where to set a trap for them. Having caught and killed one of the colony, the rest of them are sure to be taken if the body of their slain relative is left in the same place, not far from their usual hunting ground, and surrounded with traps, as every wild cat passing that way will to a certainty come to it. The wild cat ranges from the far north of Scotland, across Europe and northern Asia, to the northern slopes of the Himalaya. It has always been known as one of the fiercest and wildest of the cats, large or small. 
The continual ill-temper of these creatures is remarkable. In the experience of the keepers of menageries, there is no other so intractably savage. One presented to the zoological gardens by Lord Lilford some eight years ago still snarls and spits at anyone who comes near it, even the keeper. The food of the wildcat is grouse, mountain hares, rabbits, small birds, and probably fish caught in the shallow waters when chance offers. It is wholly nocturnal. Consequently, no one ever sees it hunting for prey. Though it has long been confined to the north and northwest of Scotland, it is by no means on the verge of extinction. The deer forests are saving it to some extent, as they did the golden eagle. Grouse and hares are rather in the way when deer are being stalked. Consequently, the wildcat and the eagle are not trapped or shot. The limits of its present fastnesses were recently fixed by careful Scotch naturalists at the line of the Caledonian Canal. Mr. Harvey Brown, in 1880, said that it only survived in Scotland north of a line running from Oban to the junction of the three counties of Perth, Forfar, and Aberdeen, and thence through Banffshire to Inverness. But the conclusion of a writer in the Edinburgh Review of July 1898, in a very interesting article on the survival of British mammals, has been happily contradicted. He believed that it only survived in the deer forests of Inverness and Sutherlandshire. The wildcats shown in the illustrations of these pages were caught a year later as far south as Argyleshire. The father and two kittens were all secured, practically unhurt, and purchased by Mr. Percy Leigh Pemberton for his collection of British mammals at Ashford in Kent. This gentleman has had great success in preserving his wild cats. They, as well as others, martens, polecats, and other small carnivora, are fed on fresh wild rabbits killed in a warren near. Consequently, they are in splendid condition. The old Tom wildcat, snarling with characteristic ill-humor, was well supported by the wild and savage little kittens, which exhibited all the family temper. Shortly before the capture of these wild cats, another family were trapped in Aberdeenshire and brought to the zoological gardens. Four kittens, beautiful little savages, with bright green eyes and uninjured, were safely taken to Regent's Park. But the quarters given them were very small and cold, and they all died. Two other full-grown wildcats, brought there a few years earlier, were so dreadfully injured by the abominable steel traps in which they were caught that they both died of blood poisoning. The real wildcats differ in their markings on the body, some being more clearly striped, while others are only brindled. But they are all alike in the squareness and thickness of head and body, and in the short tail, ringed with black, and growing larger at the tip, which ends off like a shaving brush. It may well be asked, which of the many species of wildcats mentioned above is the ancestor of our domestic cats? Probably different species in different countries. The African kaffir cat, the Indian leopard cat, the rusty spotted cat of India, and the European wildcat all breed with tame cats. It is therefore probable that the spotted, striped, and brindled varieties of tame cats are descended from wild species which had those markings. 
The so-called red-tame cats are doubtless descended from the tiger-colored wildcats. But it is a curious fact that although the spotted gray tabby wild varieties are the least common, that color is most frequent in the tame species. End of section 13. Recording by Linda Cantoni.